You are listening to the Hodges Huddle, where we discuss all things happening in the wide world of sports. Here is your KLSU sports team. Welcome in to the Hodges Huddle. I'm your host today, Patricia Caputo. Joining me is Nathan Messina, Andre Champagne, and Jaden Smith. We have a big group today. How are you all doing today? Nathan, we could start with you. Good. I'm excited to be here. Yes, yeah. Same here. It's a bro, it's a, it's a bro uh, podcast today. I am the only girl, yeah. just yeah. to make it clear. <laughs> but Raven, unfortunately, couldn't join us. She has something called class. Kind of weird, but... Yikes. <laughs> But this is our last podcast of the year, so we'll jump right into it, and we're going to start off talking about the NFL draft a little bit. We got to talk a little bit about it on Sunday, and just so everyone knows, our last show of this semester will be on Sunday from 2 to 3 p.m., so be sure to tune into Out of Bounds on 91.1 KLSU. With that, let's start off talking about this NFL draft, and specifically speaking about LSU teams, or players rather, that we didn't really get to touch on on the show. And Andre, we can start with you. B.J. Ojolari gets drafted in the second round by the Arizona Cardinals, number 41 overall. What are your thoughts on that, and what difference can he make for the Cardinals? Yeah, I think he's a steal. Uh, they filled a position in pass rush that needed to be filled because Buda Baker actually just requested that trade. But I think production-wise, he's going to be like detrimental for this Cardinals team. They're going to rebuild. They're going to rebuild, and they need to build around that new talent they got, and that starts with B.J. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they definitely got a steal. Like a good player, great size. He can get to the quarterback. Uh, he had the second most quarterback pressures in the SEC over the past two years, only behind Will Anderson. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that just that just goes to show that he's he's pretty good at what he does. And Will Anderson drafted second overall by the Houston Texans, so that really does exemplify a lot of yeah. what he can do. And also his brother was a huge steal. I believe he was drafted a little later, uh, especially because of COVID <laughs> and all of that that happened. And – he has been great for the Giants as well, that he's been able to make an impact on the edge v- quite quickly. And he used to play at Georgia. So also his brother going to SCC, B.J. Jolari decided to go to LSU. And it seems to be working out quite well as he did go to the NFL. But what's something to note is that he did wait. He did not participate in the NFL's combine, but did participate in LSU's pro day. And he was asked, he was dealing with a hamstring injury during that combine. So that's the reason he did not participate. But he was asked, how was waiting? Do you think that you made the right decision? And this is what he had to say. Oh uh, yeah, I think I, I, I benefited very uh, much. Uh, you know, just letting my hamstring heal a little bit more, so I'm more comfortable in the drills. Uh, just the testing part of it. So I think I did um, benefit from waiting. So he did wait. You really got to have a see a glimpse of him and who he was as a player and as a person in that LSU pro day. It seems to have worked out for him. Meanwhile, on the other hand, Kayshawn Booty did not have the greatest NFL combine, really only did position drills during the LSU Pro Day. And he was drafted, though. Despite all of this, surprisingly, he was drafted after Stetson Bennett, which was a shock to me because I didn't even know if Bennett was going to get drafted. But Kayshawn Booty went 187th overall to the New England Patriots. With that being said, Jaden, let's start with you this time. Kayshawn Booty's role, how do you what do you think it will be while he's in New England? Hopefully he'll be on the field, uh, first of all. <laughs> oh uh, I mean yep. maybe he could be a potential target uh for Mac Jones alongside uh Juju. I mean, Bill Belichick has a thing for finding late round picks and putting them in positions to be effective in the league. 
Uh, and it's not very common for Belichick to just draft a receiver like that. So I figured they must be planning on using him in one way or another. Yeah, I mean, I a lot of people are sitting here saying Kayshawn's the steal of the draft. I've seen that a lot on the internet, and I just I could not disagree more. Honestly, I mean, he's I feel like the dude's just not bought in. Like he's he's the character issues are there. He <coughs> you saw it at the end of this season, and even at the end of last season. He feels like one of those players that just like like has always just been good at football, but doesn't actually really care about football and doesn't yeah. like he's just there because he's good at it. Yeah, I can see that. I think I think Kayshawn's more of a like slot receiver guy in that NFL position, and I I really think he can thrive in that position. I think if he can manage to get through the spring with Belichick and those rules that he has, like that's going to be really strict. He thought Brian Kelly was straight. Now, just wait till Bill Belichick kind of whips him into shape. But I, I think if he makes it through that spring, then he's gonna he's gonna turn out to be decent. But if, like y'all said, I think if his behavior can't shape up, then he might be XFL bound. Yeah, I am not playing for the DC Defenders. Yeah, okay. Ma- hey, Mac but Jones might not be very must far I say, Must I say, the DC Defenders are having an amazing season. Cam Lewis, we interviewed him last semester. He's uh, having an amazing season there. And I really must say, any shot to get to the NFL is like that. Sometimes there's just certain steps you have to take. It's like saying, oh, you're going to Juco. Like, sometimes those are steps you have to take to be able to make it to the SEC or somewhere but, else. The problem is though, it's like Kayshawn ha- he, had that talent. He could yeah, have been there. He, he screwed up himself. First round like, pick, you know. He shouldn't be needing to take this okay, step. But we talked about this. I think it was on the Sunday show. Brian Kelly also drew up some plays that technically it wasn't directed toward him. You knew he was going to be double teamed. So do, not saying to blame they didn't even Brian need to Kelly. Double team him. But not saying to blame Brian Kelly and his scheme. But like, is any of that to blame? It's not like Kayshawn was like, I'm not going to play. No one's throwing to me. I'm not getting a touchdown. Like, in the beginning, he wasn't necessarily like that, and he well, still wasn't I mean, getting touches. Look well, at Jack Beck. Cry. I mean, you saw yeah, him I'm crying even, on the sideline in the FSU game, like that. And I'm not even just I'm not even just talking about his his play or his on the field or his stats or anything. I'm talking about what you saw off the field. Yeah, like I mean, just not one irresponsible, irresponsible. Like bad you see grades. on his Instagram stories, like his teammates are at practice. This guy's playing Fortnite. Like, yeah, and put then down like, the control, man. But, he's, got, okay. he's got he's had academic issues he like announced that he was coming back to lsu then like a and week later switch yeah, and went to the draft exactly. then okay but is that a character issue yes no, 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 listen, yes listen i then, think it is did you see what happened with the combine he put up awful numbers and then didn't uh want to be in the lsu pro day like well he, he, he was he was like right. satisfied he's like you're yeah i'm good that's good I'm i good think enough. he yeah. he was like i'm just gonna do the position drills on at lsu pro day so yeah. that's very true but is there uh, to me there's just not one specific event like when you talk like, there's certain players who come in, they do way worse things in college. Joe Mixon literally punched somebody in the face. And then you look at Kayshawn Booty, and it's like, oh, you know what? This kid's got character issues. Joe Mixon doesn't have character issues. No, it's, it's just what he's it's doing it's two different. years it's later. Totally, the, yeah, it's not yeah, even comparable. Yeah, it's, it's a totally different situation. But, but I'm not saying it's the same kind in, of character issues. In ter- but no, yeah, no, I different. know what you all are saying, but I'm saying in terms of talent, like Kayshawn Booty, it's not like he's like been an average there. wide receiver no. his whole life. And I think it is something to note that sometimes you do have players, like Des Bryant is a great example. I don't know if y'all remember Lucky Whitehead, but he used to be, he was a Dallas Cowboys wide receiver. And Des Bryant had so much pure talent. Mm-hmm. Lucky Whitehead, he was fast. He beat Des Bryant in a race, but he didn't have – he couldn't run the roots the way Des Bryant could. He just didn't have that natural way to look at defenders and to see what they're doing. And sometimes you take that for granted because when you're so naturally talented and technically you're, you're working hard but not as hard as other players like Lucky Whitehead with Des Bryant, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't have to work this hard. I don't have to prove anything. I've already proven my talent. 
So that could possibly be a character issue, but I also think there's so many players that deal with that just because they're purely talented. But this but is he the didn't, NFL. He slid from like, a projected top ten yeah, pick he was to a like top what, first round, fifth pick. or sixth yeah. round. And, but yeah. if Ed Ogeron had stayed, I don't think that would have happened. I doubt that. Seriously. Wait, wait, wait. You think if Ed Ogeron stayed, he would have stayed in the top ten pick? Yes, he did that with no, Max not a Johnson at quarterback. I, I think I he. Mean, I think he exactly. And I don't think. But I, I think he got it, it's not Jaden. It's not Jaden, and it's not the scheme. Like he got balls thrown to him. He just didn't catch them. Yeah, he, he had a lot of drop issues this he year. He did. He did have a lot of drop issues too. The whole team, that definitely the wide receiver core in general had drop issues. I'm not saying he's perfect, but what I'm saying, it's not like he has gone throughout these seasons and having horrible seasons. Like, yes, last year he was used greatly by Max Johnson. Granted, there are a lot of younger weapons, so they didn't get to utilize guys like Brian Thomas Jr. as I mean, much. That's all we had though. That, that's what yeah, I'm saying. So it's like had. you didn't have like this year you definitely had a lot more weapons. And Malik Neighbors just kind of stepped up to the plate, and he did get injured. So you have to remember that he was injured last October, and sometimes injuries, even though you might be healthy on the field, they take a little longer. He also yeah. missed two <coughs> games because, I mean, obviously his son was born, but also, I mean, you're you're missing all these games. So many things are just going on. But like I don't, I feel like I'm not. I just don't understand the point you're making, Trish. Because, like, like I said, I'm not even t- talking about the, his play on the field. True. That's not right. at all what I'm talking about. We're just talking about what you see off the field. But I'm saying at the end of the day, if you look at a lot of other players, I think Kayshawn Booty is not the h- biggest character issue I'm worried about. But no, but we're, we're not talking even, about Kayshawn right now. We're not right trying now. to compare right, him to uh, other players. It has I know, nothing to do with it. But I'm just saying, you look at Bill Belichick was at LSU's Pro Day. Obviously, he saw something. I'm not sure exactly what he saw, but he saw something. But also, if you look at the Patriots' picks, they didn't pick anyone uh, – offensively speaking, until the fourth round. And that was a guard, guard Jake Andrews. And then they picked a kicker before they even picked uh, some some weapon for Max Jones. And possibly speaking, I mean, I know Bill Belichick made it known he went up to Jaden Daniels and he shook his hand. And to me, that says something because that says he's looking for next year's draft because he doesn't have much confidence in Mac Jones. But then you pick up a guy like Kayshawn and he might be thinking, okay, I'll get him out of Louisiana, which sometimes is good for him. Sometimes it's best for someone who might have quote-unquote character issues to get out of their hometown, to get out of where they're from. And he'll get out of there. He'll come to New England. He won't be a main target, so all the pressure is off of him, which a lot of pressure he had here at LSU because he had to be that main target guy when some uh, other big names left. And then I can develop him into a player. And then I can say, oh, Mac Jones, you have someone who was technically projected top 10 coming out of their sophomore year and there's no excuse. So it could also be that, where Bill Belichick's like, I'm trying to give this kid a a weapon, but not something too big, so then I can draft another quarterback. I don't know. I'm just trying to pick Bill Belichick's mind because I don't think he's sold on Mac Jones. But I'm just saying I don't necessarily think Tayshaun Booty's going to be in the XFL next season. Well, we're I not, just we're think, not saying well, I'm saying his potential is obviously there. Like, yeah. like we I all mean, agree he yes. has the talent. Yes, like, the he's talent a, he's is, a good receiver when he talent, wants to be. But you have to work. Right with that Definitely. like th- this is the nfl this is not yeah. like this ain't college where you're playing like ul monroe at like every two weeks where you're like hey i can go pop off yeah we're not we're, like i, think like it, I said i think ahead. it boils down to what nathan said the ultimate question is going to be is he bought into the process correct That's yeah. what I'm saying. because and i don't think he is like i say i've seen this dude play football i know he, i know what he can do but does he care enough to consistently Put up that effort. And no one, no one's saying right. that his yeah. his talent or his skill as a receiver is what's going to be is what's going to take him out of the NFL. And no. like obviously joking that he's saying he's going to go to the XFL is a little <laughs> bit of an exaggeration. Yeah, it's just a joke. But like 
What we're saying is we don't we don't think he'll be a starting right. receiver in the NFL with with his current attitude. But I do think the Patriots are the best fit for him because kind of like I think you said it, Nathan, where Bill Belichick doesn't play games and yeah. he doesn't smile and he's not going to be silly and funny like Kayshawn right. ha- had with Ed Ogeron where, oh, I'm going to be a player's coach. And then so Brian Kelly probably helped him a lot this year where there is no fun in games. And Bill Belichick is just like that where there's no fun in games. You're going to be serious and you're going to earn a spot. And Bill Belichick isn't afraid to cut you. We don't. He's like, I don't need you. You need me kind of sort of deal. But while we're talking and we'll move on in a second, while we are talking about the XFL, um, Ben DiNucci, the former Dallas Cowboys quarterback, I did see this today, that he said the Seattle Sea Dragons were the best wide receiver room that he's ever been in, which is kind of a hot take jokes. because CeeDee Lamb, the he best played ever? with yeah, the jokes. best ever. He's just happy that he's seen the field. <laughs> the <Yeah>. best, <laughs> the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, dude, you're in denial, bro. I'm, I'm pretty denial sure the is a river had a good What season, receiver bro. rooms has he been in? The, the Dallas Cowboys receiver room with CD Lamb. Oh, that's it? And Michael Gallup. And he's saying the DC Defenders room is better than that? The Seattle Sea Dragons. Seattle. I don't know. Dragons what? Sea Dragons. What? Look, yeah, maybe just look out for them. That doesn't make any sense. Maybe those will be some names you see. Anyway. That's probably because he was throwing like, the twos and threes in Dallas, so... so. Yeah, he was running with a third string. Running with the practice squad. He wasn't even allowed to like be in the same room as C.D. Lamb. <laughs> it's like, yeah, buddy, <laughs> maybe because Noah Brown was getting locked up by Trayvon Diggs in practice. <laughs> to conclude our conversation about Kayshawn Booty and the XFL, I did want to give you all a glimpse of what B.J. Ojolari had to say about his teammates, not specifically Kayshawn, but just his teammates at the Combine, or at the LSU Pro Day, rather, and the effort that they put in to be there. The mental toughness, uh, not being down just because, you know, one event doesn't define you. Uh, I think a lot of guys came out and they made their self more valuable today. Uh, and I, I just commend them for doing that as well and keeping their head down and keep grinding, get, using that extra time to come out here and perform. So as we can see, according to you all, uh, Keishon Booty did not make himself more valuable at that LSU Pro Day. But I like to say this a lot. Not even just according to us, according to the uh, NFL GMs. according to the NFL GMs. I get it, the (laughs) NFL draft, everything. I agree that he did not make himself valuable enough. But either way, he got drafted. That's all that matters. You just have to get your foot into the door. Lastly, to wrap up the NFL draft, what player will have the largest impact on the newest team, specifically a player from LSU? Nathan? What player is going to have the largest impact? What player do you think? Uh, B.J. Ojolari. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he was the highest drafted player, so, I mean, obviously he's more likely to get more playing time, which ultimately is going to lead to impact. But, I mean, it's the NFL, so it's it's fair game, and, you know, yeah. all of them are going to have an opportunity to at least make an impact. But, I, yeah, I think B.J. is the safest option. He's the most set up for success yeah. out of the, the ones that went. Yeah, I agree. I'll, I'll go different, though. I'll say Anthony Radford. Uh, with the Seahawks, they're in need of some offensive linemen uh, yeah. play like right now. So uh, I'll say him. I do look. I like that as well. Uh, I like Makai Gardner. I wouldn't say that's someone you can count. I know he went undrafted, but yeah. I do think that he was a good addition here to LSU. And talking about character, I like the way someone's able to come in and to be a leader and to step up with uh, a cornerback room that was quite depleted and only had two scholarship players coming back to LSU uh, this season. Moving on, let's talk about LSU baseball as they finally won a midweek game for the first time in two weeks. Andre, how do you feel about that? Feel good. <laughs> wow, yeah. okay, no reaction, thanks. So South- even better that UL lost another series this past weekend. You la la. Let me guess, Known Coastal Carolina? Dusters. Dusters of the crawfish. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, Southeastern was did lose to LSU 10 to nothing. It is LSU's eighth shutout of the season. Let's talk about Gavin Dugas. Andre, what sort of impact did he have on this game? Um, just on Tuesday, um, he's exactly what you want from your fifth-year senior, and he's the guy that's wearing that treasured number eight that's really historic with that, within LSU baseball. I think if he can continue that production as your leadoff guy, opposing pitching staffs are just not going to have a good time throwing your lineup at all. Yeah, and it was just quite impressive what he was able to do. He had he had a two-run home run on two outs. It was his 11th of the year, and he's also the leadoff hitter, so he really does set everything up, everyone up. He sets up guys like Trey Morgan and Dylan Cruz and, of course, Tommy White, and that usually helps them at points where the bases can get loaded, and then Tommy White can come up, he can hit a grand slam, so he really does help start this team, and he helped the Tigers score two runs in that game against Southeastern. Now, Jay Johnson did use six pitchers in that game in seven innings Jaden I see this as a good thing because Jay Johnson said it in his press conference that he said I think this could be a good thing you get to utilize multiple guys you get to see as you're going to postseason play who do you want to start maybe on a Sunday when you are a little depleted who do you want to come out of the bullpen first but do you see this as a good problem Jaden or a bad problem um I guess you have to look at how the pitchers are actually performing because if they're performing and you're just getting them out of there then yeah it it can be marked off as a you know a depth thing, but uh, if it's if you're switching them out because yeah this guy's is getting cooked then yeah that's not what you want to see. But I mean all season we've raved about the depth and the talent that this team possesses, so I feel like this is just you know another example of it. Uh, Andre, you're shaking your head. What are your thoughts I mean, on this? I mean that's what happens in midweek games. I mean we've seen it all year. We use like five six pitchers every midweek game. Uh, for any teams, I mean, I think that's how they go about doing it. It's Johnny Hole staff, but I mean, I don't think it's ne- I think it's neither a bad or a good thing. I think it's just like save the good guys for the weekend just and give as many save the Blake monies for the <laughs> oh for the goodness. for the midweek. A few pitches to to each pitcher. The Wilhelmers, yeah. yeah. All right, moving on. Now, midweek games, they had an away game at Southeastern. That's very rare for this LSU baseball yeah. team. They are usually at Alex Box Stadium during the week. And then they'll also be away this weekend when they take on Auburn. Andre, does this have any effect on the game or the series, rather, this weekend? I don't think the midweek affected these guys, but the fact that we run-ruled this team definitely gives this team some momentum going into it, uh, especially against like a hotter Auburn team who just took the series with South Carolina. But I think going on the road against Auburn right now, I don't think that's like too big of a deal. Like, I mean, they're actually like I saw they're getting the Eagle to fly out for the baseball game. It's like, oh, man, I don't know. There could be a lot of things that go wrong there. Um, it's like, I don't know if it's trained to do that at a baseball stadium, man. You might never see that. You might never see that bird again. And then, I mean, for for, for all we know, they ain't going to be War Eagle anymore. They're going to be. They're going to be just the Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> They're finally going to have one mascot. <laughs> that is true. I, I do never think, thought about that. I yeah. do think they should just convert to a war yeah. eagle because there's way too yeah. many tigers, tigers in the SEC. There's only one real tiger in, in the SEC. college sports. Yeah, in, in college sports, seriously. Mm. Like Townsend Tigers, right? I'm pretty sure that Princeton Tigers. Princeton, yeah. Missouri. Uh, Missouri. Missouri LSU, of course. Yeah. Auburn. Clemson. And it's worse when you're trying to talk about it because usually I'll be like, oh, the Tigers. And then I got to say, like, the purple and gold Tigers. Thankfully, we're the Bayou Bengals. Yeah. We got the coolest ones easily. All right. Well, 
I don't know if this will have much of an effect on them, but let's look ahead as we this is the final podcast, so we'll look a little bit of ahead as LSU baseball does wrap up their season. They'll play Northwestern State midweek game. Could you assume that they win that one? I don't know. Assuming midweek games can be a little yeah, it's dicey. Northwestern. All right. So I think Mississippi <laughs> State. What are y'all's predictions on that series? That they will be at home in Alex Box Stadium. It'll be kind of right after finals. Finals will be wrapping up. LSU take on Mississippi State. Do we think they can win that series, Andre? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's a clean sweep. Mississippi State is god awful. Yeah, they're, they're uh, terrible. They're they're the equivalent of like twenty twenty. They just they just they just <laughs> fire their pitching coach in like the middle of the season. <laughs> Like, the, like, who's going to teach you how to pitch, man? Usually I don't write basic notes like this, but I wrote state horrible. So yeah. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. I mean, they, they haven't had the best record. They they went on. They won that title a few years ago. And then after that, they just haven't been able to two-peat or anything like that. I'll give them a pity vote. I'll say we win two out of three. I, I could see that. I'm not saying that they'll sweep them, but I could see it, them winning. I, two I think sweep. they're coming here. It's going to be a sweep. Sweep. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Georgia because they'll play McNeese State Tuesday midweek game, and then they'll win. play Georgia away in Athens. Yeah, I think I think we. I think we get two out of three. Two out of three in that weekend. I would say That's that too. Uh, Georgia sneaky. Georgia is a little sneaky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're a little gritty. They uh, they looked awful at the beginning of the season. They they've yeah, picked they it up pretty, pretty bad. Good. Cause they won, they, they won a series against. Uh, a they good swept. Team, was it? Um, no, they didn't sweep. I do. I they, they swept. swept yes, they swept Arkansas. Was and, it Arkansas? And Arkansas is yeah. a good team. Arkansas is yeah. really yeah. good. Arkansas is hurt though. They, but they can. But I still think that that's a confidence booster for Georgia. But there's oh, still sure. a few weeks left before they're still that. Gonna, they're still going to be on their couches when it's time for Selection Sunday, though. All right, oh, moving yeah. on. <laughs> we'll talk about this more on the Sunday show. Moving on, let's talk a little bit about the NBA. You got the Lakers. You have the Warriors. The Lakers won the series 117 to 112. Jaden, I know that you're a LeBron fan. I'm mm-hmm. going to make that clear. No offense. <laughs> Not a Lakers fan, LeBron oh, fan. But, but th- thoughts on just Stephen Curry, LeBron James, getting to play together against each other in the playoffs once again. Um... I wanted to see it just because, I mean, it's, it's Steph and LeBron, like the two faces of the NBA. I don't, yeah, I didn't want to see LeBron against De'Aaron Fox. I just, I did, I did, why? because I did too. I'm it, because the NBA is exhausting when the same teams are winning all the time. That's why the Knicks are fun. That's why the Heat are fun. Like, okay, but you're cool. a Jordan fan though. I, I am a Jordan <laughs> fan. Yeah. Ooh, here You're we right. go. And I like LeBron <laughs> James. Embrace <I> <laughs> debate. Here, I here's am. what my answer is. And I don't is. have a thing. And and look, but okay, but the thing is there's no team right now who can three P or even two P. Yeah, the who wait, who what? won last season? The Warriors. The Warriors. Yeah, the, oh wait, the Warriors. So like fine, they can two P, but there's no team that can be like, Oh, I'm gonna win three in a row like Jordan did. And it's not that I have anything against these players. Like I personally do like them as players, but it's you want young talent and I think the Kings they have plenty of years left to win a championship, but they're exciting. And I think it was exciting for the city of Sacramento. And then you have places like Los Angeles where half of their sports teams are good. You had the Clippers in, you had the Lakers in, and then you even had uh, the L.A. hockey team that was in for them. So yeah. it's like, okay, cool. But I don't know. It's, it's just new blood. You saw all the Sacramento fans, how happy they were. And then the Warriors have just won. And it just gets to the point where they're kind of just cocky at this point. Here's how I like I, I like seeing Steph versus LeBron again because Steph gets to see 
his son again. He gets to see LeBron. <laughs> oh my goodness! You know, he like, and he gets you, to beat him again. You, know, you can't be mad at a family reunion, man. Yeah, Dylan that's Brooks. Awesome, man. Dylan Brooks lost his job over a comment <laughs> like that. Good thing I don't shoot the rack like Dylan Brooks. <laughs> you can be sure you won't be seeing Andre in the NBA anytime soon. Yeah. I don't know, because the way he talks about how he thinks he can like shut out in a baseball game and throw on the mound. Because <laughs> I'm different, man. I'm just yeah. Yeah. Like, You put me against you, la la, I'm throwing a shutout game. No, I said, you put me against Maine, I'm sh- throwing yeah, a shutout game. I, but I also feel like you would have the same energy towards Nah, you, they'd la. probably piece me up, man. All right, probably. But yeah. I, either way, I do think it's exciting. I think it's fun to see these two go against each other in the playoffs. I Let's just talk about that Jordan Poole shot for a second. I want to hear everyone's thoughts on that. Nathan's like, no, you didn't like it? Oh, okay, Jaden? I don't like it. When I, like, when I saw the ball go up, like my heart dropped. But when he missed, I was just like, why did he just do that? Like you thought, you thought my initial time. reaction, I was just like, like, what is he doing? There was like a lot of time left. He could have gotten a better look at it, but... The more I think about it, I mean, he has shot six of nine of three up to that point, and he's a he's a pretty good shooter. Yeah, and I mean, the way the court was set up, I mean, he probably wouldn't have got much of a better look than that. So, let's just say, hold on, let's just say if Megan Fox was on the side of the court, he's making that shot. I mean, somebody had to be there because he was playing good I don't to begin even with. Know what that means? <laughs> Whatever. So there's Jordan a thing with Jordan Poole yeah. is he only plays good when, when there's pretty baddies, girls yeah. are sitting side. Oh, exactly. is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. I've never exactly heard that. It. Yeah. yeah, he only plays oh, good. Oh wow! I think also though he had so much time to like step into it. He didn't step yeah. into it. Like he didn't step into the three. Yeah, I don't understand. That I think shot. he took the shot too quickly. I think he had time I, yeah. to maybe get I think it was a, a good little look. a little closer. I don't think it was horrible like yeah. everyone was saying. Looking back at it, I was like, okay, if you have the yeah. confidence that you can take that shot, yeah, you take the shot. Yeah. Because the thing is, everyone is making fun of him. But he, if, it, if he had made that, he would have been the hero. Oh, he took the long like, three. Oh, I mean, that's Cole. just the thing with game-winning shots. But, I mean, they paid him $140 million, So Very true. Yeah. So you can't make mistakes yeah. like that. That's another thing, too. The Lakers will take on the Warriors once again at 8 p.m. on Thursday. Andre, what's your prediction for that game? I'll say Golden State evens at tonight. It's going to be a really good series. I think it goes to seven. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I just, I it'd be very hard for the Lakers to go up two zero. Right. I think yeah, I think yeah, it will be exciting because they'll be in Golden State, so that's another thing too. And I think it will be an exciting game overall. That once again, like we said, the Le- LeBron versus Steph, all of that that has effect on this. And then also, the Golden State is at home. And I think, again, I don't think that the the Lakers will be able to go up 2-0. I think that Golden State will at least take one game. And they were in it. It's not like this is a blowout yeah. game. They have it. And I think they'll definitely come away. And I, I agree with you, Andre. I think it could go to six, six or seven games. Let's talk about the Heat versus the Knicks. This one was quite exciting just because Jimmy Butler was not able to play. And the Heat still almost won that game. New York Knicks end up pulling off the win to even the series 1-1, 111-105. to Let's talk about the heat rebounding. Jaden, we can start with you. How crucial is it for them to improve? Because they were greatly outnumbered in yeah. terms of rebounding, both offensively and defensively. Heat had 34 rebounds. The Knicks had 50. Yeah. I mean, <coughs> Pat Riley said it best. No rebounds, no rings. So you have to rebound the ball because that's going to take away possessions from the other team, and that's going to open up – transition points and everything you know fast break points and everything else so 
Yeah, you got to grab rebounds. You can't get out rebounded fifty to thirty four. That that just can't happen. Yeah, especially when you have Bam Adebayo on your He's team. Garbage. I mean, Bam Adebayo should be bullying little Julius Randle. I think Julius I mean, Randle's an all star. Yeah, but Bam Adebayo <laughs> is way bigger than him. Eh, nah, they about the same size, bro. <laughs> Julius Randle's like what, he's got 6'10"? a little bit of height on him. I think yeah, he's got a little more like muscle. Muscle on him. Yeah, okay, I, I get that. Uh, yeah, I but can like, see that. But like, uh, like I'm talking like wingspan and everything. Like I think wingspan, Bam's got him beat. By I mean, it's gonna be hard for him long. to just baby Julius Randle. I mean, oh, Julius no, Randle's yeah, not no, a small I, I dude. I still think it should be closer than 54. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, that's something that they yeah. definitely have. Yeah, to but they don't have an answer for Mitchell Robinson either, though. No, that's just true. Kevin Love is not your answer. Yeah, Kevin Love yeah. shouldn't even be playing right now. <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot <laughs> of hot takes. That man right is like now. two years away from a retirement home. You have a lot of hot takes about nah, people I mean, who make millions of dollars playing sports that they're good. I'm at. not dissing like yeah. Kevin, Kevin Love. Kevin Love, you were great. You were great. You're like you were very good. I think he's fortunate to have a job. Yeah, right thank now. you. Thankful just to LeBron. He's a champion because of LeBron. With the Cavs, right? Well, yeah. let's talk about Jimmy Butler a little bit. Because like I had mentioned, he did not get to play in that game. And the Heat kept it close. They were in this one for a while mm-hmm. until the Knicks really took it away at the end. But had Jimmy Butler played, Andre, do you think they would have won this game? I think so. I think the impact he has on this team, he just, like, makes everyone so much better around him. It's so weird. Like, I mean, you look at it, it's not like crazy talented players. You have, like, Caleb Martin. You have, like, just... Duncan Robinson, yeah. it's it's just role players, and he just makes them so good around him. Uh, I I think that when he's back at a hundred, they're gonna win this mm-hmm. series. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think they probably would have blew him out if they had Jimmy, just because. I mean, you're playing an eight seed without their best player, and like Andre said, it's literally just Jimmy Butler and a bunch of role players. Like that's literally it. You cannot. You should have won this game by more than six points. It shouldn't have came down to the last couple of possessions yeah. for you to pull away, you know. So and like the Heat had, they had the lead. Like yeah, the they had chances until the full like, yeah. mid fourth quarter. Yeah. So if I'm a Knicks fan, I'm very scared going into Miami. Mm-hmm. I would be scared too because yeah. if you're going into Miami, if Jimmy Butler does play, oh, he's playing. And oh, that, yeah. is it confirmed? Is he playing? Uh, well, you th- the you interaction he was play. having with the fans. There's Bang. no way That's, he's not playing. That was my favorite yeah. because yeah. Yeah. looking back, I always like to think of documentaries in 20 years that I'm going to yeah. see, right? So let's just say there's one in the heat, something crazy or just about the NBA. That was my favorite <laughs> when he was smiling. It's cold. I yeah. kind of said to myself, I said, this might be over just because oh, of over. that. Yeah. He smiled and then he waved to the Knicks fans. And if you know how Knicks New York's fan fans are, that. New York fans in general are yeah. not, they don't go easy on you. Even if you're, playing for New York. Like, Eli Manning, when he wasn't having a good season, oh, my gosh, it was, he needs to get out of here. He's horrible. He won you two Super Bowls. They didn't care. So you can imagine what they're saying to opposing players. And the way Jimmy Butler just smiled and then waved with confidence. It's just funny because... Knicks fans hate Trey Young, and Trey Young is not like crazy good. Yeah, and for him to be the like the villain of New York, that just says a lot about your organization. That's their villain. Yeah, Trey Young. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jimmy Butler might be their villain in a little oh, bit yeah. as well. In a few games. Yeah. But let's and give it about a week. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on talking about the 76ers and the Boston Celtics. Talk about a blowout. The Sixers won Game One, if you all remember, of course, without Harden. Joel Embiid. Celtics versus Sixers Wednesday night. The Celtics win 121 to 87 against the Philadelphia 76ers. What what is it, Jaden, that Joel Embiid comes back, the MVP of the NBA, and they lose this game by a large margin? Uh, 
first of all, it was stupid for him to even be playing. I mean, you had already stolen a game on the road. There was no reason for him to suit up if he didn't yep. play game mm-hmm. one. That just that didn't make a lot of sense to me, especially for you to get skunked by 30. But that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Yep. Uh, yeah, Joel Embiid just wasn't impactful. I mean, he only attempted nine shots, you know, and a guy who's averaging 33 on the season, he just, he has to shoot the ball more than he did. I mean, he had five blocks in the first half, which was, I mean, that was great. I feel like that's what kept him in it, but Boston really, they just shot the ball way too well for that to even really matter at that point. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the MVP having only 15 points and yeah. three boards, but I, I definitely think he was not 100%. Yeah, he's not, clearly. And, and like, he was limping. He yeah. was limping on, like, fast breaks, and it's like, why would you ever I don't do that? Like, that's such a Philly organization yeah. thing to do, to just put your players in harm's The whole way objective like is to steal just one game. Yes, right. that's and it. they did. They did it. And honestly, I think their, fi- like their matchups were more favorable going smaller. Yeah. Because that just heavily regard. I mean, it's it, very it, easy for the, to game plan against them when Embiid is on the floor because it's literally just trap mm-hmm. Embiid. Trap, that, yeah. That's it. Do you think that had an effect on James Harden, Embiid being back on the court, and his mentality of, oh, I don't have to do the work? Well, he uh, shot two for 12. Yes. Yeah, so Embiid didn't have anything did. to do with that. So no. Because I, I don't know. Just someone, I've watched a lot of Nets game when I'm, I'm a Nets fan, so I've watched James Harden, and it just seems that he can step up in moments when he, he's being told, I have to step up. Like going yeah. back to those Rocket days where he sometimes didn't always have the help. And, okay, I have to step up. I have to be a key player. And then it's like Joel Embiid gets back in the court. Oh, maybe I can back off a little bit. Where, Again, like you said, Jaden, you have to steal a game. My dad's a 76ers fan, and he was saying, you only need four games. He's like, you can, you can lose this game, but you, you just got to win four. And I'm, yeah. I'm kind of saying, you're, I feel like you're going to get one, maybe two good games out of Harden, where yeah. you can be like, yes, he had a great <clears throat> yeah. game. And I don't know if you can guarantee that enough to win this series against yeah. Boston. Yeah, I can see that because, I mean, that's when he was at his best, when he didn't have as much help because he was just mm-hmm. – he was simply focused on putting the ball in the basket. So yeah. I feel like that's – that's probably when Harden is at his best. He's still a very good passer, nonetheless. But yeah, the ultimate reason that Harden resonates with people so much is because of his scoring. Right. I mean, I, I just think that this team, I kind of agree with you, Jaden, that there was no point in putting Joel Embiid in that game. You just didn't need him. Yeah. It was fine. It was, okay, you, you won the game. That's exactly what you needed to do. And then don't don't play him, right? Yeah. Let him rest because the likelihood is that this is going to be a very long series, or at least that's had, what you're hoping. He had the MVP ceremony too before that, so that's like he's having to travel and travel, and yeah. it's just it's and, a lot. And you kind of have to lot. think about that exactly. How much is this outside of the court where this is all getting into your head? And then you kind of look at Jokic where he was like, I don't care if I win MVP. Where it just seems like I think Joel Embiid deserved it. I think it's a great award. It's something to have on your resume. But you have to say, how much do you care about that? How much are the Sixers putting an emphasis on that? And sometimes that distracts you when you have to play a team like the Celtics. Speaking of them, because I just said a team like the Celtics, I look at them as this team that's very good, a team that can be very dominant. How do you see them, Andre? Are this are they this big, scary team? Yeah, I think they're definitely beatable. But the scary part, uh, that you're probably thinking of is that their playoff experience and, and they have so much depth in that lineup. I mean, you got Robert Williams coming off the bench and he's just a defensive genius. And then you have Malcolm Brogdon. He scored 23 last night as a six man of the year. And, and you have Grant Williams, incredible role player and Preyton Pritchard who can go get you uh, points off the bench too. I mean, all of these guys can go out and score for you, which makes it hard for them to beat because on a, Tatum or Jalen Brown off night. I mean, you still have Al Horford that you can rely yeah. on. You still got Derek. Uh, is it Derek White? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Derek you White. still have him to rely on. I mean, it's 
it's really hard to miss for them. Yeah, I mean, Boston has everything that a team needs to be able to contend for a title. They have a one-two punch, which is going to give you a chance against anybody. And they have a bench experience, and they have depth. So there's no re- for me, there's no reason they don't make another finals run this year. I mean, they should mm-hmm. get past Philly fairly easily. Thanks. And I don't think, should Jimmy, you know, beat uh, New York, I don't think just Jimmy is going to be enough to beat Boston. Right, so I, mm-hmm, with that right. being said, um, kind of hope the they're Nets not necessarily win. scary to me because, I mean, the one team that was scary to me was like, you know, Golden State during those years. And I still haven't seen anything close to like that. So yeah, this year's so balanced. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that they're scary. They're definitely beatable. But, yeah, they're definitely the best team in the playoffs. And talking about very good teams, the Nuggets have taken a two to nothing lead over the Phoenix Suns in that series. The Nuggets won ninety seven to eighty seven, quite a low scoring game on Monday. They won't play again until Friday. So in our terms, this podcast is being recorded on Thursday. So tomorrow at nine PM. What are your predictions for that game, Jaden? Uh I think the Nuggets take game three. Um and it may not be that close either, just because wow. I think them losing Chris Paul was yep. that was that mm-hmm. like that I think that really hurt even though Chris Paul wasn't giving you the best production you know that's still, still mad they're going to be starting campaign yeah. yeah exactly Cameron Artis <laughs> Payne man I mean as a leprechaun yeah and the the way I saw Denver guard Kevin Durant the other night mm-hmm. just it's been a well yeah I saw him be guarded like that last year too but still that's you know that doesn't go unnoticed man and Kevin Durant and Devin Booker playing 45 minutes a night is just not sustainable. That's mm-hmm. not going to win you a lot of playoff games. Yeah. And, and, like, relying on those guys, like Jaden said. That's just so hard to do. And, like, you gave up, I mean, Mikhail Bridge, your role players. You yeah. gave up your mm-hmm. role players for guys that are going to have to play in the starting lineup and then go <laughs> you, you go rely on your bench, and it's like, oh, man. Who is this? <laughs> Torrey Gregg's going to have to win this game for us. <laughs> it's like <laughs> – it's just not sustainable. Yeah. I mean, I think I have the Nuggets winning this, too. I, I could yeah. see the Suns winning maybe one this series. I think I did mention on the show that their head coach said that he cried when he had to give away uh, Mikhail Bridges uh, just because yeah. he knew that there were players that could be beneficial. But, hey, Kevin Durant, you went to the Warriors to win a championship. You left. You want to be your own leader. Everyone's called you a snake for years. Chris Paul's hurt. Now is your opportunity. Granted, you still have plenty of other help. You have DeAndre Ayton, and of course... Oh, that's uh, not help. You don't think that that's guy's just, That guy's just taking up space. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay, well, you also have Devin Booker, so that's something yeah. else who is yeah, helpful. But, okay, and if you're saying that, you're right, taking up space, Kevin Durant, now's your opportunity because you want to be like LeBron James, like you said. That's why you went to Brooklyn, because you wanted them to pick a head coach who could be like a Ty Lue for you. Well, then you didn't prove that in Brooklyn because then Kyrie Irving went along with you, James Harden, three superstars couldn't win. Well, now go prove that in Phoenix when you were supposed to be the super team that, truth be told, Chris Paul and Kevin Durant are only getting older. So if you don't win this year, there's not a lot of time for you to say, oh, we got next year and we got the year after that. You don't. You you have, I would say, four years to win, maybe. I don't even think they have that. I think they have this this year year is it. And to me, if your team is so good, then – you should be able to go out there and beat the Nuggets. I know the Nuggets are very mm-hmm. good. I know, but you should be able to be go out there, even if Chris Paul, you know that his production wasn't that good, and beat them. Yeah. One last thing I wanted to touch on that I did see um, is that Russell Westbrook said that he wanted a ring if the L- if the Lakers win. What are your thoughts on that? They were traded. He was traded in February, yeah. so that's why he's saying that if the Lakers go and they win it all, he wants a ring. He was traded to the Clippers, who yeah. also made it to the playoffs. Yeah. 
Nah, fam. Uh, I mean, technically, he's supposed to get one because that's just what happens. Like, if a if a player is plays for that team at any point during that season and gets traded before the trade deadline, he is still eligible to get a ring. So, historically speaking, yeah. I mean, yeah, he should get a ring because everyone else who did the same thing got one. But if you're asking me in terms of is that right, I mean, not really because th- this <laughs> right. is a completely different team. I mean, yeah. they have yes. the best record since the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. A totally different team. Like, if yeah. Russ is still in this team, they're probably not even in the playoffs. And Patrick Beverly, too, also said that yeah. he wanted a ring. Andre, thoughts? I mean, they're not going to have to worry about that. <laughs> oh, you don't think they're no. that's breaking Jaden's heart? No. That's, nah. the, I, Lakers, the Lakers might actually make it to the finals. Like, I wouldn't even be surprised. It's I'm fine with it, technically speaking, because I get that. Like, rules are rules. But I also, I do agree with you where this is a completely different team. Yeah. If you looked at when LeBron James broke the all-time leading scoring record – you kind of thought that was going to be it for him, that that was going to be the season. It wasn't so much going to be, oh, he's going to go on this playoff run. They're going to play the Warriors right. again. You just didn't see that. So then because the changes that they were able to make, it, it made a big difference. And Russell Westbrook, he did great on the Clippers, all of that. That's awesome. But he didn't really have a huge role in yeah. this team. It just seemed that there was a lot of bad blood, Patrick Beverly. And I, I, I just don't know if I fully agree with that because that's like a player getting traded. You got traded. You didn't really yeah. h- help them get there to the in, and help them in postseason play. But with that being said, that is all we have for you for the semester. Thank you so much for listening in and coming here every week and listening to us talk about sports and give our opinions, even if they're <laughs> they're quite interesting, sometimes like the hot takes that Andre has. But with that being said, I am Patricia Caputo. Joining me today was Nathan Messina, Jaden Smith, and Andre Champagne. This has been the Hodges Huddle.